entrepreneurs so on born that brew. You are now listening to the Entrepreneur Podcast with your host, Adam McChesney. Let's grow. Welcome to the Entrepreneur Podcast. I am your host, Adam McChesney, and I want to thank you for being here today. We are live from Half Coast Studios here in St. Louis, Missouri. Thank you to Half Coast for this amazing setup and sponsoring the show. If you are looking to start your podcast or take your current one to the next level, then you definitely need to come check these guys out. Contact them today for a free consultation. If you're listening, please be sure to subscribe to the show and leave us a five-star review on Apple and Spotify. We would love for you to share this on social media by tagging me, and this way we can get this incredible content out to more people. I'm excited for today's episode. This guest and I met earlier this year in the Champion Circle, otherwise known as TCC, with Mike Claudio. And I was fortunate enough to be on his podcast a few weeks back. We met in, in person for the first time a couple of weeks ago in Florida. One of the nicest guys you will ever meet and has some amazing things on the horizon with his company. He's growing. Uh, there's a lot of cool things, which I'm really excited to, to dive into. My guest today is Casey Luft. Casey is the owner and founder of Clycentric and CRM Consulting, and they specialize in helping grow your business to new heights by increasing revenue through automating sales, service, and marketing. Casey, welcome to the show. Thanks, Adam. Appreciate you for having me. And did I say the name right? Uh, of the Clientric. Client, it was close. Client, <laughs> man, I, I was playing it in my head as you said it. Clientric. Okay. Yeah, all good, all good. I'm excited to be here and share share my story, and hopefully we can uh, teach some valuable lessons to any other entrepreneurs that are out there. That's the name of the game, man. No, I'm really (laughs) excited for the show. So uh, for those of you either listening for the first time or if you are uh, an avid listener, you've been listening to our episodes, you kind of know the layout. Uh, But just a quick recap, we like to take the entrepreneurial journey of our guests and compare that to the uh, entre- or sorry to the beer brewing process, and we create what we have as our entrepreneur process. So we go through a couple different things, which we'll talk about here today. But to get started, Casey, we would love to just know kind of where you're at today in your business, what you have going on, and then we'll kind of work backwards from there. Definitely, yeah. So um, I'm currently running a business that has 10 employees. Um, it's a multinational organization. So we actually have an office in India too. That is, uh, I'm sure we'll dive into that, but that's been an interesting uh, transition to, to build that out as well. Um, and right now we have um, some pretty major clients, mainly in the legal space that are basically redoing their entire operations and case management solutions uh, with our services. So that's kind of where we're at. We only have a handful of clients. We kind of specialize in, in more of the boutique customizable customizability of those um, businesses. So yeah, that's where we're at. <laughs> that's phenomenal. And, and yeah, I, I didn't know about the, the multinational uh, business until obviously a couple weeks ago when we were there. Talk to us about like what that process has been like. Cause I know, you know, obviously that's very unique to what you guys are doing. I would love to hear kind of how that's gone. Totally. No, it's, uh, it's tough because it requires a lot of trust. Um, you can't just open up a business in any country. That's not how that works. You need to have a business partner over there or in whatever country you're, you're looking to open a business. And it requires a lot of trust to be sure that, you know, like, people you don't know very well are going to screw you over to be perfectly honest with you. Um, you kind of have to be careful, pick and choose. 
I was lucky enough to find uh, some people on my team who are very, very devoted, um, who knew a couple different people who also are kind of uh, entrepreneurs, they're, they're leaders in their own space. And so I was able to connect with someone over in India and they were able to help me walk through, they connect with the accountants, the lawyers, they're kind of doing all that legwork. They're managing the, the business from that point of view. They're making sure that the, the legal aspects, the contract law is being followed, the employment law, all that kind of stuff. So thankfully it's kind of hands off for me now, but like just putting that trust in someone else uh, has been probably one of the toughest things I could possibly do. <laughs> uh, I, I can literally imagine. I mean, it's it's tough doing it when it's right in front of you, much less you know thousands and thousands of miles away and in obviously physically not being there. So it's really cool though to hear that you know obviously it is hands off, but one of the biggest factors is trust, and obviously that goes into you know the culture of your business and things like that, which I'm sure we'll get into here in a second. Um, so, so phenomenal uh, background on kind of where you're at right now. We'll, we'll start to dive into kind of the history and the outline of the show, but the history for you as an entrepreneur. So we like to compare that to that of a beer where every beer is obviously has a reason behind why it is getting brewed. So talk to us about, you know, where you've come from. I know you're in Canada, uh, but kind of walk us up to this point in kind of your background and things like that. Totally. Yeah. That's a long story. So hopefully it's not going to take too long. <laughs> um, I ended up deciding um, that I wanted to get a degree and my degree is actually in physics, which is nothing to do with what I'm doing now, oddly enough. Um, but it was one of those things where I wanted to follow my passion something like that. I thought was really interesting. I enjoyed the science aspect of it, but as I'm going through university, I'm realizing that, you know, this really isn't that much fun. And I didn't really think I could get that many like job prospects out of it. Um, with a degree in physics, you're very, very limited in what you can actually do uh, without going to a master's or PhD. And um, let's say I, I wasn't the best student and I've learned a lot since then. And I feel like I'd be a way better student now if I could go back in time. Um, time management wasn't there, all that kind of stuff. Test anxiety, like all, all everything like that really got the best of me um, throughout those those university years. And so I came out of, out of university with not much of a degree that I could do anything with. Honestly, it was a piece of paper, as everyone else says. Um, was it worth it? I would say I've made lifelong connections since then. Some of my best friends are still, uh, I met in, in university. So I can't say it was a complete waste, but it wasn't the best <laughs> use of money. Let's put it that way. Um, so after that, I just kind of tried to find my passion. Um, I tried to find something I was interested in doing and I found that to be actually very difficult. Um, and so I ended up getting a few jobs here and there. And from there, I ended up actually getting a job as a job with a startup company, uh, who really kind of opened my eyes to the world of business. I was like, Oh, this is actually pretty cool. Like working at a startup is, is very different. If, if you haven't, or if you're in corporate America or wherever you are at, um, startup life is very, very different. Uh, it's a lot of fun. You meet a lot of people. There's a lot of turnover. There's a lot of, um, high intensity, like, just the amount of time that you spend doing all these different things is, is very crazy compared to where you'd be in, in a office job. And so that was a lot of fun. That kind of opened my eyes to that. And during this time, I didn't really have a ton of skill set, So I wanted to expand on that. Um, I was working as an operations uh, in, in the business itself, but basically using spreadsheets, analyzing data, trying to figure out how we could, you know, make the business more efficient. Um, and I really enjoyed that, but I didn't enjoy it 
as much as I thought I would. And so I started teaching myself programming, um, ended up actually becoming a data engineer and kind of just switched to my own freelancing. So that was kind of my first foray into, um, into entrepreneurship where, um, if you've heard of Upwork or Fiverr, that kind of stuff, I've been on, on those platforms. And, uh, it was really interesting because I, I realized I had a knack for communication with people and being a very level-headed person that can handle people of all types, people who are, you know, nervous, anxious, excited, anything like that. Um, it was very easy for me to communicate with people. And so I felt, found that to be very easy. And so I continued to explore my freelancing, um, careers well, like as a side gig to current jobs and just kind of accelerating my, I guess, knowledge and what I was learning. And that was, that was really successful back in, what was it? 2017 now, I think, uh, and this is not something I actually talk about often, but, um, I don't even think, you know, let, let alone many people in the TCC, but I was actually diagnosed with testicular cancer and, uh, ended up having to have one removed. Uh, so that put a lot of things into perspective for me. Um, Thankfully, like up in Canada here, we have a very good healthcare system. And so within basically 48 hours of finding out and actually confirming the diagnosis, um, I had it removed. And so this is actually a pretty quick thing. They gave me a 40% chance of not having a, a, a relapse essentially. And I haven't, I haven't had, um, it's not come back. So the cancer is, is gone. I'm almost on five years now. And so I'm pretty thankful for that to say the least, but, um, the outlook wasn't super great. Like 40% when you think about it is not that high. So I got very lucky and that really put a lot of onus on myself to follow my passion to do what's right. And I kind of, I think like it made me thankful, uh, I guess, hopeful and, you know, kind of put things in perspective that I don't really want to waste my time. And so I kind of, that was like kind of the first jump that I was like, okay, maybe I should push myself further on this whole entrepreneurial thing. So I've worked for businesses. I've worked, I've had bosses that like, I didn't really enjoy working with and I was tired of always wanting more. Like I'm, I'm a type of person that's like the grass is always greener kind of thing. So I'm always like, okay, I get into this thing. I get bored doing this thing. I move on to the next thing. And so I think that the culmination of that was really starting my own business. Um, and so I full on went into freelance mode, uh, started my own business and just hadn't ever looked back. And so this is while I was doing the data engineering side of things. And not long after that, I realized, um, that I could do this a lot more effectively with tools that already existed. And so one friend told me about Zoho CRM, um, which is typically what we use in our business. And it seemed a lot like Salesforce. If you're familiar with Salesforce or HubSpot, it's essentially that um, just at a much more reasonable level for small to medium sized businesses. And so I kind of fell in love with it and it allowed me to do everything I had wanted to do with my data engineering and freelance ability. Um, but it allowed me to like transform a business. It allowed me, it gave me that, that why that I was kind of missing, but it also gave me that ability to expand my knowledge. And so I really, took that to heart and really enjoy actually helping businesses succeed and changing their processes. Um, I hate inefficient processes. So when, you know, a company comes to me that says it takes us a half an hour to do this one task that could be automated or could be moved around to do it in like 30 seconds, like I'm all for that. And to see the look on a business's face when they realize the potential and how this is actually going to transform their business is so cool to me. It gets me so excited. I get like tingles all down my back 
when someone's like, no, I hate this thing. And I start explaining how it could be better. And they're just like, Oh my God. And they just like, see, it was like a light bulb moment. I think that is so cool. Um, and so I really enjoy helping businesses make their business more efficient and ideally, um, increasing their revenue. And so that's how I got to where I am today. So, yeah, so hopefully that is a relatively good overview. I could dive into a lot more if you wanted to, but I know you have some questions, though. So. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a great overview, man. And I really appreciate you sharing all that experience. Yeah, obviously, I had no idea about the cancer. Very glad, obviously, that it, uh, you know, obviously has not come back and, and you're five years strong now. But, uh, <laughs> but man, it does put a lot of things in perspective, right? And so, um, you know, that is the type of stuff that, that I really appreciate our, uh, our guests you know, sharing with the audience, because that obviously had a massive pivot to get you to where you're at today. And sometimes it is a life altering event that will make you, you know, go in a different direction or have a different mindset. So, so really appreciate 100%. that, man. Really appreciate that. Um, so obviously, you know, one of the things that we like to talk about within the entrepreneur process, so we kind of talked about the ingredients within a beer, great beer is made from great ingredients. So give us some things, three things specifically that have made you successful in your journey thus far. Yeah, I think the first thing that's made me successful in my journey so far, um, maybe I'm not as successful as I hope to be one day. So there's there's a lot of things there that uh, imposter syndrome can really, can really take hold. But I'd say the first thing would be um, the ability to have worked for so many different businesses to understand how not to be a leader. Um, I've worked for many, many people and it has really shown me like how to be a good leader uh, by knowing how not to be, uh, how, how, how to be not a good leader. <laughs> um, there's, there's a lot of people that don't do check-ins with their team. There's a lot of people that just like let, just let it fly. Um, bosses who, you know, demand things from you. They don't care about you. They don't um, try to motivate you in any sort of way. They don't try to develop you in any sort of way. Um, had I gotten more support throughout some of these other businesses, I may not be on the journey I'm, I'm currently at. Um, obviously, at each point, I felt stuck. I felt like there was more. Um, and so I think that that was honestly the first part. The second part is building up the confidence to jump all in, to, to go all in onto this business and what I've really decided. Um, I think that has really pushed me out of my comfort zone. Um, being able to identify, you know, those different areas that you can improve upon um, has really, really helped. And I would say the last thing would be honestly a business coach. Um, having Mike Claudio from Winrate Consulting be my business coach has really transformed the way I think about business, the way I think about my personal life, how intertwined these two things really are. Um, that has really helped me develop a better mindset around how to run a business and has really accelerated my, I guess, learning and knowledge and where I'm currently at. So I'd say those three things are probably one of the most impactful. I, I love it. Those are, those are three really valuable things that I think can transform your, your business, but also, as you mentioned, your personal life as well. So hiring a business coach, getting confidence and in the cool aspect, I, th I think that most people don't actually take into consideration is most of us 
don't just go into entrepreneurship. We work for someone else or whatever that ends up being pushed into it, pushed into it, or you, you got a company that you bought out or whatever. It's a family friend or whatever it ends up being, you know, there's so many different, uh, you know, things that could get you to that, that point. But we very rarely can easily identify things that were going wrong or that we had problems and issues with as employees and then be able to translate that into how you are a leader, into how you are a boss, into how you are managing people. And I'm even guilty of doing that as well. Now that you say it, like it really brings to light, like, hey, man, you know, there's some things that maybe you should do differently because you didn't like that either. But I really like how like you built that framework of it. Um, so that so that that's awesome. Um, talk to me a little bit about because I know this is kind of a little bit off topic, but it kind of goes into leading. Talk to me about the culture, because obviously you're remote and you have businesses in different countries, things like that. Talk to me about the culture online, because a lot of our, our listeners do have remote workers and things like that. And I think it's always a good topic to touch on. No, I, I think that's that's a very true point, um, especially with how everyone is transitioning to remote work or maybe transitioning back to office or maybe hybrid version. The biggest thing that is required when it comes to remote working is trust. Um, you need to be able to trust that your employees are actually working. You can't be micromanaging people and be like, hey, are you on at 905? Just because you can't see them doesn't mean that they're not working. Uh, my team work insane hours. Like when it comes to my, my, my people in India, they're working like they're, they're up right now. They're up until working until 2 PM Pacific time, which is 2 30 AM their time. You know, like they, they work really, really hard. Um, and they, it's just different for them from that point of view. And so I know they're working when I'm sleeping. I know that they're doing the job that I expect them to do. And I think this actually also sort of comes down to the core values and how you instill the core values into your team is that if they're not working, it's going to show. It's very clear that they're not doing the job. And so if they're not meeting those core values, those expectations that you really originally set out with them, it's very easy to be, hey, you weren't doing the thing that you said you were going to be doing. Um, and then you can start you know, employing a PIP program um, or some sort of other program if, if they need help. Um, and so really that's the style of management and leadership is being able to trust people, giving them the agency to run their own tasks, to do their own thing is so important when it comes to remote work. Um, and just having that trust in your team, that they're going to do what you need them to do. And they're going to do what, what they say they're going to do. Um, yeah. No, that, that's a great answer. And I, I really like how you talk about not micromanaging. And then again, going back to trust and the core values and instilling those, and then also the obvious fact is if if they're not doing the work, you're going to find out one way or the yeah. other pretty quickly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you can't you can't really hide work that doesn't get done. <laughs> exactly, exactly. No, I love it. So so the next aspect that we'll talk about is the brewing process. So great beer doesn't happen overnight. Um obviously you've had, you know, a a a lot of things that have happened over the course of your entrepreneurial journey the ups and the downs. Talk to us about all the good things and all the bad things that you've experienced from a high level thus far. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's been a lot of ups. There's been a lot of downs. Um, what I was, I think most surprised about is how high the highs are and how low the lows are. Um, I've gone through some personal things in my journey and my personal life that have greatly impacted um, my, my business life. And so that has really, um, I think it's also surprised me. And so I think from, from that point of view, some of the highs are, you know, 
the first when you start out your business you're like it's just this excitement it's like the honeymoon stage um if you like are with a new partner or whatever it is you're like yeah this is great this is so much fun i love it and then you like hit that wall uh, at some point and you're like man is this what i want to do am i good at this like what the hell am i doing why am i here um and so you hit that that first kind of wall i want to say um the first challenge where you're like is this is this really what i want to be doing like you forget how much um how much excitement you had to be and you forget how high that high was and now you're way down here at that low and and it, it really hits you i think when you start to expand and grow and i think people have talked about this is you kind of hit those moments as you're going through like another growth phase whether it's depending on how small or how low you're hitting some sort of challenge and you're really like reflecting on you know personally, whether this is something or not that you can continue to, to succeed with. And so I think those, those highs and those lows at the very beginning are, are almost the most impactful because it really sets the tone. And so if you're more negative, if you're, if you're more down on yourself, if you, if you let the imposter syndrome get you, you're less likely to enjoy the process going forward. And so I've, I've had some things in my personal life that um, have actually kept me a little bit down lately. And I, I'm very well aware of that now. Um, but over the past you know, few months, I've, I've actually been a little bit depressed and I didn't realize it. And so it's, it's recognizing those moments. You may not feel it right away, but if, if you look back on how you've been feeling, um, you start to understand that, uh, that it's not as bleak as it seems per se, if you're in a low moment. Um, those high moments when you're closing a sale for the first time, is really, really cool. You complete a milestone. You have this vision, this goal in your head of where you want to go. And you see that completed for the first time. And you get so excited and so happy. You're like, yes, I could do this forever. And then the next day or even the next hour, you know, maybe you lose a client. Maybe something like that happens. You've had a poor conversation. We've all had those. Um, and so those get you so down. Um, so you just kind of have to mitigate that and reflect on where you've come from and to try to push through. So I think some of, some of those highs are, are definitely those milestone moments where, um, you know, starting the business, creating that vision, being able to see your vision come to reality um, has been absolutely huge for me. Uh, we're about to hit a new milestone this week, actually, where we've been in the process of building out this system for a law firm for seven months, and we're actually about to launch it um, today. So actually, so that has been really, really cool because I know how much it's going to impact that business. And so finally being able to see that transition is so amazing um, and gets me really excited. However, I also still feel very anxious. We've been working on this for so long. What happens if things go wrong? So it, it's like a double-edged sword some of these times too, where you're like so high and then like you pull yourself back down because you're unsure or that anxiety or that fear is getting at you. So some of those milestones are good. But honestly, like there's, there's like I said before, there's, there's a double-edged sword from that point of view where there's a lot of positives, but then your mind brings you back down to reality sometimes. Sometimes it brings you down too low and you're like unbalanced at that point. So, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a great overview of, of, of your journey. And I like how, you know, the, the summary of that is you didn't realize how high the highs would be and how low the lows would be. And I think totally. that, that is that is so true in entrepreneurship because you think that it, it's not going to get as good as it ends up getting. And you always think it's not going to be as bad as it actually gets, but it's how you, how you take that information, how you take those events, how you take those things that come and you get to the next level. 
And so I think you did a great job of explaining kind of like your process on understanding, but more so I know you use the word realizing, kind of being self-aware that, hey, this is going on and I need to figure out what I need to do to get out of it or this is going really good. Let's figure out maybe how we can just have this be a new standard and see how we can be more efficient at doing it and moving forward. So so I really, really like that, man. Um, yeah, I, th- I think that introspective nature in and of itself is so huge of a skill set as an entrepreneur because you're not having anyone, if you don't have a business coach or, you know, you don't have access to your business coach all the time, you have to almost be your own coach and be like, was this the right thing to do? How could this sales call have gone better? How could that conversation with my team ever gone better? Okay, someone's leaving. Why are they leaving? Is it me? Is it the business core values? How can we like improve this? And so that introspective nature is something that I think every entrepreneur, every entrepreneur needs to have in order to be successful. Yeah, no, I, I love it, man. That That's super true. So talking about the next thing that we'll get into is the fermentation and conditioning. So that's the part of the beer process where you're waiting to see the final result of the beer and what it tastes like in figuring out what tweaks need to be uh, made in order to, to obviously get it uh, to be just a little bit better. So what is the biggest lesson that you've learned that you would share with someone that's an entrepreneur looking to save them years worth of mistakes? Oof, that's a good one, man. I think one of the absolute biggest things is that it's going to take time. Um, be patient. I am a very impatient person. And so I have a lot of expectations and I'm still going through that phase right now. Um, Like I may not have a lot of clients coming in right now, but that's not to say that that's necessarily a bad thing because it's giving me time to focus on my current clients. Um, It's giving me time to put a lot of focus on them and make sure that they're getting the attention they deserve. And so there's an aspect of any business where it's going to take time to grow your brand. It's going to take time to grow yourself. It's going to take time to grow the team. Um, Try not to be, impatient and tweak it too quickly because uh, that's where things start to go crazy and that's where honestly i think your culture and your team start to recognize that you may not be the leader that they thought you were if you're changing every week you have this new brilliant idea and you know you're changing years that's not a great environment for your team it's not a great environment for you you have to be very careful when you make these tweaks um, try to use as much information as possible but also don't get too much decision fatigue um, that is also where uh, a lot of people don't make decisions when maybe they should. So I'd say the biggest lesson is just making sure you understand that it's a process to run your own business. There's a finite amount of time in the day that you have available and try not to overwhelm yourself with all the different anxieties and the imposter syndrome and things like that, which will come So just being patient and understanding yourself, understanding your process and believing in yourself. Yeah, as entrepreneurs, we always want it to go a little bit faster. We always yeah. want to, to think about the next level and think about where we can go next. And so I deal with that, as most people do. I deal with being impatient, thinking that I need to be going faster when I really need to be kind of like setting back and, and really yeah. analyzing what we have. Um, so, totally. so, no, that, it makes complete sense. Absolutely. And like an example I could share with you right now is like uh, last month I hired a company to do some cold calling, some cold outreach, that kind of stuff. And I'm like, oh, I'm not seeing the results I want right away. I know it takes time to do these things. 
which is like, oh, do I need to get in there? Do I need to start making cold calls? Like, what are you doing? Like, just chill out, focus on something else. And just like, don't like, let that run its course. If it works, that's wonderful. Like I'm seeing progress, but I'm not seeing the progress I want. But also like, I just need to let them do their thing. They're the experts here. Um, I don't need to overwhelm and make myself more, ang- more anxious than I already am. Um, so it's just being patient with that and, and, and understanding that you have to hold yourself back sometimes. <laughs> Absolutely. Trust in the process, man. Yeah. Trust in the process. So uh, the last thing that we'll talk about here, the last point in the entrepreneur process is distribution. So that's taking the beer to market and selling. So you got a lot of exciting things going on. I know when we had talked last time, you mentioned that you were going to be traveling to, to India, I believe, uh, at some point. Uh, so what is next? What are some cool things that you have coming on the rise in here over the next couple months and years to come? Totally. Yeah. Like by the end of the year, I definitely want to go to India, um, like a week or two weeks visit with the team. Um, I feel like I have, uh, quite a special relationship with a lot of the guys over there. They, they feel like almost brothers in a weird way. Like I feel like we've been through a lot together and, um, I know a lot of the guys look up to me and they're like, I want to be you one day. I'm like, I want you to be me one day too. Like, let's do it. <laughs> um, so I think that is, that is really cool. It will be a culmination of a lot of things coming together to be able to visit with the team over there. Um, and in addition to that, we have expanded our, um, I guess, knowledge, uh, our, our team to the point of, of allowing us to build extensions um, and applications and things like that, that, I didn't really know it was possible. So we're actually going to be launching a couple different extensions in the Zoho marketplace. Again, similar to the Salesforce marketplace. Um, you can download extensions and things like that. And so we're going to be um, launching a few of those shortly, which is going to be huge and it'll expand our brand and allow us to, to get other people to know our name a little bit more. Um, we are working on an extension actually with a legal payment system called LawPay, like, like Stripe or something like that. So we've heavily integrated with them and they were kind enough to allow us to do an integration for them. So that has been really cool. I think that's going to give us a ton of um, experience and uh, awareness within the legal industry that uh, we've been helping out with. And from other than that, I'm just looking at growing the team, uh, growing the, the knowledge and helping my team members become the leaders that I know they can be. I think that is absolutely essential to growth and something that I love to do is see their dreams come true. So I work with my team um, and we have meetings uh, every couple of weeks where we sit down and we're like, okay, what what do you want to do in your personal life now? Like, how can, how can I help you achieve your goals? Um, And so a lot of them, their goal is honestly, at least in India is to come over to Canada or the U S they want to move to another location. And so having that dream makes it, very easy for me to help them (laughs) being able to build a business and being able to provide an income for them where they can do that, I think is absolutely essential as well. And so I think through all of that, it's, it's looking very promising for the future of of where we're going, what we're trying to achieve, creating that vision uh, for the team. And so we have a few more um, champion circle meetings coming up, which I'm also looking forward to because each of those you come out with light bulb moments and drastically changes how you view your business, how you view your personal life. Um, and then on a personal level, honestly, I'm, I'm looking back to, or I'm looking forward to getting back to where I was a few months ago, just getting out of this funk that I'm in. Um, so being more positive about my position myself, 
thinking about where I've come from, um, where I was this time last year, so different. I can't even like explain the amount of growth, like exponential growth that has happened over the past year. Um, my business is only one and a half years old. I have a long way to go. Don't get me wrong, but, um, just the exponential growth that I've been seeing in myself and my business has been so cool to see. That's exciting, man. No, it's, uh, you're, you're doing a lot. You're, you're doing all the right things. You're having success. You're building a team, you're building a culture. And, uh, I have no doubt you guys are going to continue growing at that pace, man. So I'm super excited to watch your journey and continue watching your journey. So really appreciate you coming on today, man. Any last pieces of advice that you have for the audience? Oh, last piece of advice. I think lean into it, whatever you're feeling, lean into it, try to understand, be, be introspective, um, try to pull out as much insight as you can. There is no such thing as failure. You may feel like a failure, but it's just another learning experience and just lean into that and don't let it happen again. I think that's the biggest thing is we're all going to fail at some point. Just don't let it get at you. Keep moving forward and just learn from every failure that you do have and celebrate the wins. It's one of the most important things. I love it. Celebrate the wins, <laughs> learn from the losses, lessons, not losses. That's, that's my philosophy exactly. on all that. <laughs> well, Casey, really appreciate you coming on today, man. If you can let the audience know where they can find, you know, information, whether it's a website or a website plus socials, where can they connect with you online? hundred percent. Yeah. You can um, check out my website at clientrick.co if you wanted to. Um, also on social at clientrick CRM consulting, um, or you can connect with me on Instagram as well uh, with my personal at k.luft. And yeah, I think those are the best ones to get a hold of me. Awesome. We'll have that all in the show notes for the audience. Casey, really appreciate you having, uh, or, sorry, coming on to the show today, man. Adam, I really appreciate it. This has been a blast. Thanks so much. Yeah, thanks, man. And uh, looking forward to seeing you here uh, in a couple weeks, hopefully. I want to thank you again to the audience for tuning into the podcast. Please be sure to subscribe, download, and share our content. Leaving a five-star review goes a long way. And thank you again to Half Coast Studios. If you're in St. Louis and looking to start your own podcast, then you seriously need to come check out what they have going on here. We'll see you all next week. And remember, entrepreneurs aren't born, they are brewed. I'm an entrepreneur, entrepreneur, so I'm born to prove. Thank you for listening to Entrepreneur Podcast with your host, Adam McChesney. Let's-